is this because I also experienced Carpal Tunnel that you've just gone, Buzz, got Charlene's name on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, yeah. Wasn't, that wasn't my train of thought, but I feel like, <laughs> I feel like that you may have just exposed yourself. <laughs> yeah. It, if so. anything, there's, um, there's this saying where the, if the doctor's experienced it, then they know how to treat it because they've, they've had it before. Oh, uh, who, who said that? Which doctor said that? Who said that? I don't know, Jung Jung. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Welcome back to the Trevor Young Podcast, a Chinese medicine podcast hosted by Chinese medicine graduates. We release episodes every week on a Thursday. If you're new here, feel free to subscribe or follow us to keep up to date with our uploads. I'm Brendan, and I'm joined by Charlene, Nick. Hey guys, how are we going? And Timmy. Hey yo. Now this is currently part four of our multi-part series, where we uh, have decided to run through a couple uh, musculoskeletal issues that we see day to day as practitioners. Um, if this so happens to be the first episode that you stumble across, it might be helpful to uh, listen to our introductory episodes as well as all the other episodes that we've done uh, to keep up to date. But basically, what we're aiming for when we're talking about uh, we're talking about musculoskeletal conditions is to analyze and touch on parts of the anatomy we need to keep in mind when we're looking at certain conditions. Um, We'll work our way from the head to neck, um, all the way down to the lower limb and feet. And we'll touch on the Western medicine testing and treatments for these conditions. But we'll obviously, being in Chinese medicine podcast, we'll also uh, talk about how to treat them with acupuncture and from a Chinese medicine perspective and what our common diagnosis is, would be. Um, you know, in, in proper, proper young uh, fashion, we'd also throw a story here and there. Um, the musculoskeletal conditions tend to be some of the most condi- uh, common conditions that we see in the clinic. So uh, we hope that this series does prove useful to those either coming into practice or those looking to start uh, practice soon. Um, so today, today's topic, we'll be talking about arm, arms, arm, arms, big old biceps, um, <laughs> arms. I mean, I, I find arm is a pretty cool body to, uh, body part to explore today, mainly because it's probably... I don't know if it's grammatically correct, uh, the most conscious body part. So therefore when someone has a problem with it, it's almost uh, like instantaneously noticeable. And therefore it's it, like, if people will get really concerned over like really small arms issues, especially when this comes to like nervy, sharp, or even numbness stuff. Um, so today we're going to cover like uh, the biomechanics of the muscle of the arm, as well as an array of conditions that might cause pain or might give grief to the patients in the clinic setting. Um, and as a brief overview, we'll probably just be covering, you know, what areas are we looking to, why we look into them, and um, and as well as the conditions-wise, we're going into elbow and wrist, uh, supination, pronation conditions related to, um, golfer's elbow, tennis elbow, carpal tunnel, and wrist sprain. Now, to kick things off, this is a very open-ended question, but why, why are we looking at the arm? Did I cover that in the intro? I don't know, but... Um, you know, the arm is the next logical step to go to. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, because last week we did look at the shoulder and the, and the upper back. Um, and now, yeah, we're just traveling sort of down down the appendage. Um, and yeah, like you were saying, it's it's a very important um, place to look at for pain. And you know, a lot of people uh, can recognize their pain in their arms and their hands. You know, we use them 
all day, all the time for everything. Um, and, you know, for once in a couple of weeks, once you get to feet, you'll, you'll be able to contrast how important the feet are compared to the hands um, and, you know, and compare the two um, in terms of sprains and, and injuries um, with the hands and feet. Um, but yeah, in terms of, in terms of the elbow, golfer's elbow and tennis elbow, are incredibly, um, Prominent. Uh, what's, yeah. And what's the word I was looking for? Um, I'm going to say common. i was i was really reluctant to put um arms as the most important part of the body because like low-key the feet and legs you know they do a lot of work every day they get us walking but i think that's why it's used conscious because i feel like out of everything we're mostly conscious of how the condition of our arms and when we go grab something we'll notice that we can't grab something like almost straight away so i thought it'd be pretty cool to uh, cover this today and all that, I reckon. Yeah, Thoughts? that's it. And, you know, I, we see a lot of tennis elbow and golfer's elbow um, in the clinic and they're things that are relatively easy to treat um, in terms of diagnosis, which we'll run through, um, and uh, pain management and, you know, getting these people back to where they should be. Um, and, you know, the other thing with the hands um, in terms of like carpal tunnel and sprains and strains, um, it's easy to recognize weakness within the hands. And that's sort of another important, important thing in terms of how common um, hand arm pain is. Um, it's very, very common to see and very easy to see that when, you know, even in say elderly patients or younger patients, when they go to grab something and they, you know, give it a grip, it's, you know, they'll hundred percent notice that they have more weakness in one hand than the other. Um, and yeah, so these are just important things to note. And, you know, the arm is, is quite important in terms of diagnosis and can be looked over quite easily. Um, when talking about trauma problems and issues, issues related to uh, musculoskeletal pain. That's actually a really good tidbit that you had right there. I'm talking about, um, comparison between the two sides. Um, and something that will be ongoing through the rest of the series, I want to say at once, and then eventually, hopefully it's a current, it's a trend for the next, um, next episodes. Um, what is that, trendsetter. you're the trendsetter, sir. <laughs> you're <a> trendsetter. <laughs> no, no, you're the trendsetter. Cause I'm going off your point. <laughs> um, comparing both sides, um, whether it's the muscle quality. So let's, we, we looked at the shoulder uh, last time but we didn't really touch on like kind of comparing both sides. Like when we, when we look at the shoulder, when we kind of palpate the shoulder, if it's one certain side compared to the other, like the right is in pain, the left isn't, you'd feel the right side, see if it's more tense or more firmer than the left side and compare it between the two. Um, in the terms of arm, where we're looking at more of the biomechanics of it. Um, you kind of want to look at the, it'd be a really good idea to look at the, uh, the function of, one arm and the other, if one's more weaker than the other, or maybe even the color and so on and so forth. So the comparison between the two of getting a good idea of what's normal for the patient, what's not, um, especially now, cause we actually looking at left and right. It's really useful for not only the arm, but for the most of the body. And I think that that uh, very important thing to touch on that you were saying there B is what's important. Uh, what's um, what is normal for the patient? Uh, I think that is, that's sort of the, the, 
the most important bit of that. Um, you know, if, because you can get two patients coming with the exact same complaint, um, but be completely different. Uh, you know, one person might just be left, you know, left arm pain, where the other patient might be a bit older or whatever, and have weakness in both arms, but you can clearly see that one side is weaker than the other. Um, and so, yeah, when you're comparing both sides, sort of ask them what their normal is and, you know, how they, how they normally function and what they notice the difference is between both sides. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that, that asking them what the, their normal is, is the most important um, aspect of, you know, sort of musculoskeletal pain and trauma in general. Um, everybody's different and everybody sits on a different sort of scale. So, yeah, that, that patient's normal is, is what you should be comparing their dysfunction to. Um, yeah. Well put. Well put. Even though you went off my point. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's like a, it's like a, I feel like I'm complimenting myself. I'm like, yeah, great point. You should point. be complimenting yourself, B. Good point. Man, this is such an uplifting episode, isn't it? <laughs> we're gonna, we're all gonna day off, and we're like, man, you're the best. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. Love that. So, right. um, shall Down somebody down. run us through some some of the anatomy of the upper arm uh, of the arm, upper and lower elbow, wrist, the whole shebang. Yeah, oh, I was gonna, okay. I was gonna, I was gonna throw right. it the top too. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's important to sort of go through the actions, and then you can sort of look through the muscles as well as to see what sort of actions and muscles you can sort of look through. However, you want to teach it, mate. Go for it. This is oh, your, no, this is your syllabus, <laughs> my friend. Anyone, feel free to join in if I'm wrong or want to correct me. Just to, no, you know, right. save yeah, me from this oncoming bus. <laughs> no? All right. I guess we'll get started then. So just like the shoulder, um, the elbow and the wrist, you get that sort of circumduction motion where you can sort of uh, like do that lassoing. So that circular movement where you can go like up, down, left, right, all around that sort of motion. Same with the wrists. You can do that. Um, not so much in your fingers. You can only really flex and extend your fingers at best. So when you're looking at, thank, thank you guys for giving me this weird squiggly finger, but when it's you look at down. the, uh, except <laughs> for your thumb, sorry. Oh, wait, no, you're right. And all the fingers, you can't go, you can't go around. <laughs> Uh oh! Look, no. Functionally wise, the other other than giving gestures, the the lateral movement, the lateral medial movement, isn't that important. That's true, but I guess we can do it. So that's... oh wait, hold on, wait, no, that's the grip. This joint only goes up and down. Sorry, that's yeah. what I meant. The phalanges. On the joint. Yes, but they, but all but your fingers do abduct muscles. and adduct. Adduct. Now this is talking about the the end of the metacarpal yes. joint. Yeah. yeah, I'm just getting a real. I'm looking at my. Anyways, I'm, I'm staring at my up fingers now. Anyway, okay, okay, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, if you look at the sort of bicep region, obviously you have the bicep brachii, which is bicep for two heads. That's I think everyone knows that one. That one just sort of flexes your arms. The whole Arnold Schwarzenegger sort of muscle. Um. Then on the other side, <laughs> no, you disagree, Nick. 
No, no, no. I never heard it uh, referred to as the Arnold Schwarzenegger type of muscle. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like the bodybuilding. You got to show it off. It's the very show off muscle. It's the flex muscle. Yeah. It's the emoji. That's yeah. right. It's the emoji. It's the one that functionally does not really do that much, but looks very impressive. Yeah. Um, that one's more for flexing your arm. So stuff like holding up objects or like lifting things and keeping it sort of held in that way. That's sort of what your biceps does. Um, triceps is the opposite side. This one obviously used a lot more. It's sort of used more for sort of pushing or extending your arm, that sort of motion. Um, you have further down, you have your brachialis muscle. I think you spelled that wrong. Um, and that sort of branches out into the forearm. So you have four of the superficial muscles on your forearm. And then there's the deeper ones that sort of control the, the hands and the fingers. Did you want me to go through those as well? Uh, it's up to you. If you can do it relatively quickly. quickly. Uh, nah. I, like just know that the forearm muscles just helps flex it and extend the forearm. That's all you really need to know. Contracting, pulling in the hand as well as the fingers. That's they all, all have really long need. names. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's <laughs> like each one controls different parts of the fingers and the forearm. So it's like... That's all you really need to know about the forearm. Just hit my yeah, funny bone. <laughs> and I can feel the tingle. What is Sorry. the funny bone? I thought that That's was a good question. Re- relevant. You thought, that was, you thought that was humorous. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better joke than last two weeks ago. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey those are top-notch jokes, all right? They were top-notch, all right? None of that. Very relevant, Jack. I like that one. Um, yeah, that's a bit it. That's what you really need to know. So in terms of like anatomy of the muscles and stuff, like Tom was saying, um, it's in, it, it is important to know these muscles, um, but for the, for the sake of sort of today, um, we won't be going through them all that much. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. You've got your flexors and your extensors in your forearm. Um, and they, you know, do cause a bit of dysfunction. Um, and, um, where was I going with that? I think I might oh. know where you're going with that. <laughs> well, take it away if you know. <laughs> no, nah, cause the names of it, I feel like the names of the actual muscles aren't terribly important unless you're like communicating it to another doctor. Um, you know, you can say that this muscle is being affected and this muscle is being affected. So, um, what you were saying about, um, not ex- not exactly knowing the names of the muscles, but rather where they are and what they do is more important in terms of something as biomechanical as the arm. Um, and especially when I think Tim separated the, the muscles from being lateral and medial and um, where they are, the lower arm, you know, the upper arm and the hands. I feel like that when you separate them in that regard, you can kind of, um, you also want, you um, get what movements are affected. Um, but then on top of that, you're able to locate, you know, acupuncture points on what muscles involved. And it, it, it really helps by segmenting it like little by little, eventually narrowing down what muscle is being affected in that. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Um, you know, start, start sort of big and then eventually as you, 
as your knowledge gets more refined, um, come down into, then you can learn the specific, well, then you can master the specific muscles that are there. Um, but once you learn what they do and sort of how they do it, um, it becomes relatively easy to learn how to treat these dysfunctions that we'll go through today, such as golfer's elbow and tennis elbow, um, which we'll hit on first. But so yeah, learning how these muscles interact with each other, which muscles are doing what, um, is sort of the most important step. Let's kick it off. Let's get into the conditions. Oh, okay. Without further ado. Without further ado. <laughs> All right, let's get into, let's say, golfer's elbow. Sure. Yeah. All right. That is uh, throughout. So basically it's pain. Okay. I always, I always get these confused. Golfer's elbow, medial epicondyle, correct? Yeah. Uh, yes. So that'd be pain. Uh, if you look at your elbow um, on the inner side of your, the elbow joint um, where there's pain from there, uh, usually from any flexor tendons. Um, do you just, does anyone know what muscles attached to the medial epicondyle? that might cause that pain. Not all at once. All right. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> what, why, why do we feel pain there? I feel like from golfer's elbow and let's say, let's say what's the cause rather. Let's say cause. Well, it's one of those um, repetitive movement injuries. Is that what, is that what they're called? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's obviously you think of like a golfer's swing, um, you swing your arm in that sort of motion and you're using those, those muscles on uh, the medial surface and the, uh, so it's the anterior surface of the arm. Anterior surface? Say yes. This, this area of the arm? Yes. Um, the palmar surface of the arm, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, yeah, anterior, so anterior. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So you're using those muscles uh, you can feel a couple of them if you're palpating around but they sort of come into one common tendon uh, that attaches to the medi- medial epicondyle and that gets inflamed through that <clears throat> through that rapid movement that you're normally doing something wrong um, you know mostly sp- all sports are quite now refined um, and when, if you're getting if you're getting these inflammation inflammation in these spots, um, and you know it doesn't obviously it obviously doesn't have to come from come from playing golf to be called golfer's elbow. Um, it's just common in golf, but it's it's normally from doing something a little bit wrong or a technique that's a little bit off um, and causes that that inflammation in that epicondyle, which causes quite a bit of pain. Commonly also seen in um, office workers too. Um, you know, movement of the mouse, the, the more uh, kind of medial movement towards of the mouse and um, it can cause like, I wouldn't say a strain, but just like an overworking of those tendons that are involved within that elbow. So um, you know, I tend to see some, I mean, some elderly patients also get golfer's elbow, not, not necessarily having go- playing golf all the time, but um, just like, medial days and, and something you, that you were talking about where uh, it's not necessarily all golfers get it, but more so just improper form of, of, of 
let's say maybe even lifting a box now, like repetitively in a, like a, in a improper way. Um, I'm trying to think of the motion that you would use to even, even push a box. Maybe if let's say you're like, you're on a factory line and I'm putting a very specific um, example, but let's say you're on a factory line and you have to push boxes kind of across your body. Oh, um, internal rotation of the form. Yeah. Internal rotation of the form. Like, yeah, basically involving a lot of internal rotation where kind of your, um, I guess I'm trying to like try to remove all the, any medical jargon if there is any, um, if you're yeah pushing something across your body, um, mm-hmm. that with your, yeah, from, from the back. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Pushing something across your body and you, you have kind of some, um, the internal rotation and you're constantly repeatedly using that, that, that medial the medial tendons of the epicondyle, um, that can cause a lot of inflammation and, um, and I actually have seen a lot of that. Um, so I guess that's something to think about. Hmm. Yeah. Also the muscles for golfer's elbow were the flexor, the flexor muscles. So like you've got your flexi carpi radialis, ulnaris version and the digitorum superficialis. Those are the main ones that connect onto the medial epicondyle. So they're more for forearm area. Yeah. It's more the no forearm. Uh, if you're in the anatomical position, it's the anterior side, like Nick was saying. Right on, right on. And then this is this is contrast to tennis elbow. So tennis elbow is on the lateral side of the elbow, so the op, so the outside um, of the elbow. And I would say it's it's the more common condition seen. Um, I, I suppose everybody sort of knows about tennis elbow or lateral epicondylitis, um, and you know, a, a lot of people have suffered from some sort of elbow pain. Um, and again, it's one of those rapid movement pains. Um, it's sort of that bad form, <clears throat> you know, pain on, on the outside of your elbow there. Um, it, it's, it's quite common using sort of the opposite type of muscles to golfer's elbow, which is on, so when they, um, on the other side, what's external <laughs> external rotation? Yeah, that external just, rotation. Um, so if you can imagine like a, a tennis swing, um, you're using those type of muscles. A backhand, is it? This is a backhand. Forehand, backhand. Possibly. I'm. I'm not a tennis player, so that's why I have to ask. <laughs> it's backhand, right? That's that's how I associate it because you don't know backhand with with golf, so. I suppose that would be cool funny. <laughs> not with that attitude, you know. <laughs> Goodness so, me. Tom, do you have a list of the muscles involved in tennis elbow? Um, generally anything that connects to the lateral epicondyle. So like the same ones, just the extensor version. So you've got your extensor carpi ulnaris, extensor digitorum, um, Coffee radialis, brother. Mm-hmm. Sure, if you want to involve the thumb <laughs> and stuff. It's like all the things that help abduct the thumb for, for that muscle. But yeah, generally those sort of muscles, all the extensor ones on yeah. the opposite side. Um, and if you're treating this, it, it can also be a little uh, tidbit to also look at brachialis in there as well. Um, I was watching a video by Richard Hazel the other week, um, and he was using motor points to treat 
tennis elbow. Um, and yeah, he released a, a few of those ex extensor muscles on the forearm there. Um, and ex extensor or flexor? Extensor for tennis or for yeah, tennis? Yeah, extensor. Yeah, yeah, extensor. Extensor muscles on the forearm there. And he also released uh, brachialis as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's important to look at the structure and look at what's around that structure um, and see how all these muscles are working together. And that's why, you know, it's, it's critically important to understand your anatomy. Um, I know the, the elbow is, is a, it's quite a small joint um, and there's not a lot going on. Um, and same as the shoulder, there's not, there's not too much going on. And, you know, when we talked about frozen shoulder and stuff like that, you know, we could also isolate um, quite simple and easy uh, mechanisms involved there. But once we get down towards like the hip, um, the hip region is, can be quite complex uh, with quite a few arteries and nerves running through and muscles running through holes and things like that, you know, it, it can get quite full on. So it, it's quite important to understand how your anatomy works with each other and how ligaments work and how joints work um, and how muscles work on both ligaments and joints and tendons and so all these things are quite important to know when you're treating musculoskeletal pain. And, you know, like we said at the start, um, this is your bread and butter. If you're going to be in the allied health world um, to treat, to treat uh, musculoskeletal pain in the real world is, is, you know, what, what pays the bills, so to speak. Yeah. Before we move on from um, elbow to wrist, I remembered, I have a really this is this is very stupid to, to bring up, but I have a very clicky elbow, like super duper clicky, um, and I think is it on the medial it, side or the lateral side, the medial side, and I haven't really actually thought about it up until now, where I'm like, this is actually quite I want to say bad, but it stopped me from doing a lot of like certain arm workouts. Um, now I, I'm trying to describe what I'm feeling, but basically what it is is like um, every time I extend my elbow. I feel two clicks. Um, and I think it's, and I think I was told, cause I saw an osteo for this once that um, it's the tendons actually kind of going across one of the heads of the epicondyle, um, which gives that little clicky motion. Um, it doesn't cause me like a significant amount of pain, but I think it's due to a lot of um, tricep. It might not be tennis elbow related, sorry, uh, golfers elbow related, um, but I think it's due to tricep tightness, which is also something I would really want to quickly bring up is um, a lot of the times where you feel a clickiness, and this is something I've learned from my osteo. Um, shout out to Rachel, by the way. Um, she mentioned how a lot of the times, a lot of clickiness and a lot of kind of that little uh, jolty feeling. It's, it's, I, I can't explain it. It's like a bump um, every time you extend or flex your elbow. Um, it could be due to a surrounding muscle tightness that kind of the tendon catches on a, on a head and kind of slips off. Um, nothing to be too concerned about, but you know, releasing a little bit of that muscle, if a patient is worried about it, that would really help with that, especially ongoing treatment for that. Yeah. Most of that clicking, like clicking noise. Um, and I get clicking in my hips as well. Um, I've also been seeing an osteo for that um, is due to tendons that, yeah, that flick over, um, a little, um, like a little bone fragment or another tendon, you know, it's, it's them not sitting exactly where they should be. Uh, and yeah, you get a bit of clicking in your, in your shoulder as well. Um, yeah. same, 
same sort of thing. Um, it's those, it's those tendons that just flick over, uh, sort of not, they're not, not sitting where they're meant to be, but yeah, some of that muscle tightness pulling in the wrong sort of direction, um, can cause a, a bit of that flicking, um, bit of that clicking noises in your joints. So that's, yeah. And that's another good, uh, diagnostic tool as well to look at. So when you, uh, when you've got a patient in front of you and you're looking at where their pain is, you know, so they do have pain in the elbow, um, you're moving the elbow passively and getting them to sort of show you where the pain is and you're listening for any of those clicking noises, um, any grinding, any, anything that shouldn't be there. Um, and then you're also feeling in that joint, you're moving it. Um, what's the opposite to passive? Active. Active. <laughs> Thanks. So yeah, you're moving it actively, um, and you're feeling in the joint, and you feel you're trying to feel some of those tendons, seeing if they're flicking, seeing if they're grinding up against each other, um, you know, feeling if they're um, inflamed with due to like with heat or or if they're really cold, um, seeing if there's any fluid, if they're. Um, I am not doing well with words. Today. <laughs> you're me today. <laughs> um, yeah, you're looking for any sort of change as well. And then obviously, again, you're looking at the other side as well. So you're feeling both sides, even if there is no pain. And even if they do look at you a bit funny, um, make sure you're feeling both sides, looking for any of that clicking. Because um, that clicking for them could be normal. It could just yeah. be how their body is built. It's um, definitely my normal but it's really funny. I actually, uh, my shoulder talking about shoulder clickings. Also my shoulders also used to click and they used to give me a little bit of grief when I used to do bench presses. I got one adjusted and then the next week I was supposed to get the other adjusted, but then I did, I think cause the exams, it didn't work out. And then, so now one, uh, two, two, three years later, one doesn't click, but the other one still clicks. <laughs> so always follow through with the treatments, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> always follow through. Um, let's hear more about the wrist. Hey? Don't always follow through. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to follow through. It's good form. Thank you. <laughs> it took you a minute. All right. Uh, let's move on to the wrist and uh, a bit of carpal tunnel and some wrist sprains, some other things that can go wrong in the wrist. Um, so does somebody want to run us through what carpal tunnel is? And what happens in the wrist? And I, I know design. someone who's really good at treating carpal, carpal tunnel and like observing carpal tunnel as an overall. Um, do, you, do you want to take this one, Charlene? <laughs> Is this because I also experienced carpal tunnel that you've just gone, but got Charlene's name on it? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That, wasn't, that wasn't my train of thought, but I feel, yeah. like, I feel like that you may have just exposed yourself. Yeah. <laughs> If anything, there's um there's this saying where the, if the doctors experienced it, then they know how to treat it because they've they've had it before. Oh, who who said that? Which doctor said that? Who said that? Uh, I don't uh, know. Jung Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Take it away, Charlie. Um, so in your wrist, um, there's this. It's called a tendon sheath. It's like a sheet that kind of wraps around your entire wrist, um, and in between your two bones, your radius and your ulna, that's where all the blood vessels and the nerves and everything run. So when you get 
chronic overuse or fatigue um, or inflammation, um, the tendons kind of get inflamed and then they obviously get fatter and the space between the bones where everything runs in that sheath, um, it just gets tighter and the nerves get affected. So they get kind of squashed a bit and a bit of pressure, which is why you get a bit of numbness, tingling. Um, it can go back up the forearm as well um, or into the fingers, depending on which nerves. Um, and you get some pain and with certain movements, you get yeah, pain and nerve nerve numbness tingling yeah that type of thing you can weakness. also see like yeah weakness in the hand as well yeah because your blood flow is like constricted mm -hmm. nice beautiful amazing right. um <laughs> just really quick before we go on about a couple tunnel that follow-through joke just kind of clicked a little bit. <laughs> 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 yeah i'm on that slow tip don't worry about it <laughs> Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Anyway, so, carpal tunnel. Yeah, so carpal tunnel is, is um, quite common as well uh, to see in a lot of people. Um, and they'll often come to, to Chinese medicine acupuncture as, again, as one of the last resorts. Um, and often that's after using some splints or uh, surgery is another option in carpal tunnel. Anti-inflammatory. When it's quite chronic, um, they just get in there and sort of clean up. Yeah, anti-inflammatories, all these type of things, um, which, I mean, can help and sometimes cause more damage than, um, than what was on before. So it's, it can be a bit of a hit and miss Western medicine-wise. Um, Chinese med has quite a, quite a lot to offer in terms of reducing inflammation in, in the sheath um, and re reducing tension within those muscles that run, that run into the hand <clears throat> that can cause quite a bit of that dysfunction. Um, and then some of the other conditions that, uh, in the wrist, uh, most common is wrist sprains as well. Um, so that's when you're spraining the ligaments that are between the, the ulna and the radius and those uh, carpal bones in there. Um, so, you know, when you're falling, it's quite easy to catch yourself on your wrists um, and very easy to sprain, sprain your, those ligaments, um, which can be quite annoying. Um, yeah, has anybody got anything else to say about carpal tunnel or wrist sprains? On, on the wrist sprain thing, I'm thinking like wrist sprains do come in fairly common just because your brain kind of thinks that with your hand kind of catching your body, you're, you're used to pushing yourself off the ground with your hands and stuff like that. But when you're falling, you're, I feel like your brain doesn't really register that that single little wrist can't hold your whole body. Like your hands, your hands might be able to like, you know, catch yourself, but then the wrist is also super fragile. So it's like, Oh, my wrist can't handle it, but my hand can, you know? Um, so uh, let's say a lot of like uh, skaters or even like martial artists or something that involves a lot of falling. Um, you get a lot of wrist sprains, whether it's accidental or on purpose kind of thing. Like if you're, if you're kind of bracing yourself, you kind of get that more of the, would you say you get more of the anterior side of the forearm being sprained um, when you're catching yourself? Um, when it's unintentional, you're going to get more of the posterior side or the, um, the dorsal, the dorsal um, part of your 
wrist getting a little bit more sprained. Um, these wrist sprains can also result later down the track or even immediately into carpal tunnel syndrome because where the muscles, uh, the, the muscles of those tendons that are being sprained would be inflamed. It pushes against that wrist sheath that Charlene was talking about, compressing some of the muscle, uh, compressing some of the nerves and or even the actual blood vessels there. Um, which can cause later on down the track or even immediately a little bit of um, tingling, numbness, pain, and even a color change. Um, one of the things that we were taught uh, is to analyze the color change on the, on the fingertips, see if there's still um, redness and there's still, you can still blanch them, um, and also the fingertips too. Just to see, <laughs> Charlie, you're shaking your head, you're just like, there's, there's, there's nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Fine. <laughs> you have nail polish on, so you can't really tell. True. <laughs> it's like all red. <laughs> <laughs> another yeah. common, another common result from sprains and strains in the wrist is weakness. Um, so when I was in, I think I was year nine or ten or something, I was playing football in a gym, uh, being a stupid kid, um, and one of my friends like slid me across the ground, um, and I sort of sprained my wrist, uh, slightly fractured it, but, uh, whatever. Are you saying you just got destroyed? <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so I uh, sprained my wrist, say, when I was 15 or so. So it was about 10 years ago. Um, I still struggle to hold my weight, say, in like a push-up position um, in both wrists, um, due to just weakness and, you know, never getting them properly treated or anything like that, never caring because, yeah, who cares? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that she'll be right attitude. Um, so, yeah, now, even, you know, like 10 years later, I'm still getting quite, quite a lot of weakness through the wrists um, in terms of, like, holding my own body weight and, um, yeah, just just not treating that those sprains correctly. You should see an acupuncturist for that. Yeah, <laughs> probably should. I know, I know there's one guy, um, he's in Craigie Burn. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> just, just opened up a second day, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wednesdays and Fridays. Yeah, business is booming for that guy. <laughs> I'm also getting, uh, another thing that I do get pain, um, talking about my pain, um, I've been getting quite a bit of twitching in my hand. Uh, Ooh, I don't know. I think it's, I don't know what it's due to, a bit muscle weakness or something. Um, but in my uh, abductor, uh, what's this one? Abductor. Polycus. 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 I was, yeah. Brevis. Yes. That or longus. Ooh. <laughs> I think it's brevis. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I've been getting a bit of twitching in that muscle, which is pissing me off as well. But I've <laughs> I've sprained both of my um, both of my thumbs before in the past as well. So yeah, it's important to treat these these sprains and strains quite seriously in terms of getting treatment and getting on them, you know, sort of as soon as you do them, because it can cause quite a bit of dysfunction down the track. I like how you're saying that and you still haven't gotten it treated <laughs> since you were 15. This is a um, do as I say, not as I do type of thing. Oh, <laughs> from experience? Yes. That's it. So don't do what Nick does, but listen to him. <laughs> exactly. 
So good. Okay, so we've talked we've talked about some of the um, the conditions that's going on with the wrists and the elbow and all that. What are we thinking, uh, orthopedic test wise, and the signs that we're looking for? We kind of touched on the signs a little bit, um, but what tests would you use for, let's say, the elbow? Let's start, we started with the elbow before. Let's uh, go with the elbow now. What are we thinking? So with orthopedic tests, you pretty much want to recreate their pain, whether it's location or type of pain. So with the elbow, we want to distinguish whether it is lateral or medial, um, whether it is golfer's or tennis elbow. So I'm pretty sure it's cosins and reverse cosins, where you basically just have their arm one way and then you ask them to kind of um, push or like add resistance against your hand. So your hand goes over their wrist um, and then flip the arm over and then the same way. So when you do that, just ask them, do you have pain? Um, where is this located? And they'll either point to medial or lateral. And that's how you distinguish them. Amazing. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, and then uh, carpal tunnel, the main orthopedic testing is called Tunnel's, is it Tunnel's sign? Yeah. Um, but you're tapping on that, on that region, that carpal tunnel region, um, sheath <laughs> region, and seeing if they do get any of that numbness or tingling in there. So, yeah, applying that that bit of uh, pressure on that sheath um, can reproduce some of their pain or some of their their uh, sensations symptoms. that they symptoms that they're getting. Um, so they're kind of the main orthopedic testing. And again, you're sort of just wanting to look at things that reproduce their pain um, in sort of any orthopedic tests. And yeah. most, oh, sorry. I was going to say most of the time when the patient comes in, they know what movements trigger that pain. So you can just say to them like what movements or like what is it um, that you do that makes the pain worse. And they'll, yeah, they'll pretty much tell you. Hmm. Uh, I was just going to touch on Finkelstein's test. Do you guys remember that? I remember the name. Mm -hmm. It's for, it's, yeah. So you make like, put your thumb in your fist and then you sort of just push down and it should have like a little pain on the medial love side. love that one. I do that one all the time. <laughs> you um, love that, that one? That one's more for um, Decavane's. Equivariance. Decavane's, yeah. what's Heno, Sino, whatever. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Which is another one of those repetitive um, movement injuries. Sprains, what, yeah. Strains, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, in that, in the thumb there. So you'll, yeah, you'll know, you'll put your thumb in your hand and push down towards the floor and yep. you'll notice uh, uh, quite a bit of pain. pain in the thumb near the joints um, between the uh, metacarpal phalangeal joint and the wrist joint at the thumb, the base of the thumb. So, yeah, you'll notice pain there with that test. Hmm. Bad? Bad. I think the main actions for those sort of things is like making a fist or holding a ball, that mm. sort of thing. So you're like, oh, I can't really help make a fist or hold a ball. Then you'd be like, oh. All right, let's do the Finkelsteins and we'll see how you go. Yeah, Thanks. again, for most of these, you're looking for muscle weakness. You're looking for um, dysfunction in any of the muscles involved um, 
even looking at you know, strength in the wrist, um, you know, like, like Charlene was saying before with Cozen's uh, pushing up using the elbow, but you can do the same thing with the wrist. So, you know, putting it into like full flexion and pushing against and providing a force and full flexion, providing a force against as well. And yes, seeing if there is any muscle weakness or pain in the arm or in the forearm. Um, and you can do the same thing with your biceps. Um, so if you just hold it sort of 90 degrees and produce, uh, produce force against when you're flexing and produce force when you're extending uh, in the forearm to, to see if the biceps and the triceps are firing properly. Um, so yeah, all of these muscle testing is is very important in terms of diagnosis and treatment in the arm, knowing which, which muscles to use as either asher points or motor points or trigger points or whatever massage, whatever you want to, however, whatever treatment you want to provide for them. And in terms of treatment, what does Western medicine offer for these type of conditions? Tennis elbow, tennis elbow, golfer's elbow, uh, carpal tunnel, tenosynovitis, sprains, strains, I think the general sort of advice is like uh, try not to overuse it. You know, um, if it if there's any inflammation, yeah, exactly. Just chuck just the rice it. So rest, um, ice, compression, compression, and elevation. Yeah, and that's that's generally the sort of and and if it's really severe, severe, I guess they just sort of be like, you want surgery for it. We get lots of money if you want surgery for it. You should do surgery for it. <laughs> or injections, right? Yeah, cortisone yeah, yeah, injections to reduce inflammation and pain. Um, Which I'm not, honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of a cortisone injection. Um, a lot of my, I've seen a lot of people um, go through that whole cortisone injection um, cycle. And, you know, obviously I'm not going to advise against it if that's what the doctor recommends and that's what the patient wants then so be it um but i do also advise that i've seen a lot of people come back three to six months later producing the exact same pain or even worse after their cortisone injection uh, which is very common um, so yeah be aware that that is that can result from from a cortisone injection and that there are other treatments available that aren't so band-aid fix they're definitely band-aid fix <laughs> yeah so so if you're not if you're not fixing the the issue in terms of form or um muscle weakness or muscle disharmonies um uh, that pain isn't going to go away and i think that's that's one of the biggest that's one of the most important aspects of uh, allied health and you know we'll have a physio on at the end of this end of this segment or end of this uh, series um, and, you know, she'll go over that as well. The fact that uh, if you're not fixing these disharmonies, uh, it's not going to get better. And you are about to say something? Oh, uh, no, it was a different. It was way back. Um, we've moved on since then. But um, <laughs> let's just go through TCM treatments quickly before the end yeah because we get into a bit timey eh? i think i I think for most trauma um conditions it's just mainly um local needles um they're unless they specifically say you know good for elbow and stuff like that unless yeah um for 
<clears throat> something that kind of sticks out to me, you're looking at, um, if you're looking at more lateral, um, lateral conditions, like something like tennis elbow. <laughs> so I had to do the movements. Um, the large intestine meridian is also very good for something like that, specifically large intestine 11, if you're looking at tennis elbow. Um, and, 10. And, 10, and 10. I love 10. 10 always, everyone's just like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's the one. Every single time. <laughs> it's so good. Um, but you can also use some of those points for things in the wrist too, which is actually very lovely, just because those tendons and, um, within that, uh, that wrist sheath, are, obviously, they originate from forearm so then um you're able to actually kind of see what the risk you can reduce information in the wrist whilst um kind of putting needles in the forearm and sometimes even the bicep sometimes uh, depending if it's nervy um the medial oh, i always get really confused with the medial um medial ones can someone help me out real quick it's the pc uh heart uh, and yeah. small heart intestine and heart small intestine and also sometimes the the uh pc points too mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that kind of runs up the middle. Yeah, lung and large and intestine. The lung on the other side. And you've got the lung and the large intestine and the sand jowl on the other side. So you've got quite a few meridians to work with um, in terms of like body mapping and stuff as well. If you wanted to sort of treat the knee as the elbow or the ankle as the wrist or, you know, that type mirroring, of yeah. uh, mirroring in, in meridians, you've got, you know, plenty to work with, uh, which, is, which is really cool stuff. Um, and the other... The other thing I wanted to <coughs> excuse me. The other thing I wanted to throw in um in terms of using the arm and the wrist is uh you can get something called balding balls or like their meditation balls. Um and they're they're really good at, you know, um mobilizing the 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 joints in the hands, um, using the wrist, using all those forearm muscles and warming them up. Um, I'd recommend this for anybody that's, that's spending all day uh, typing, um, spending all day typing or, you know, using any of those repetitive movements. Um, you know, remember the, remembering that these are, this is, you know, you, you're using these muscles quite a lot. Um, so, so using something like bouting balls to warm up these muscles, it's, you know, practically like exercise. Um, one other thing I like to incorporate because a lot of these conditions are to do with the tendons and that is attributed to the liver. So I like to incorporate a little bit of liver um, as well. Um, like a and, 34. Yeah. Or some like de-stressing if it's kind of like kind of stressing them out. If it's something they use for work um, or things like that and they get yeah a little bit stressed then to calm the body as well will kind of calm calm everything down um yeah and affect that inflammation um and the last thing was also to not forget about the neck and shoulders if you are getting like weakness numbness um nerve stuff as well because that brachial plexus that we were talking about last week comes through there so if um that is also affected then it's going to obviously go all the way down to your wrist and fingers as well so just consider the body as a whole, I guess, is the, yeah, the that's main it. message. That's it. You know, work from the top down. Um, just because they're getting pain in the wrist doesn't mean that that pain can't be coming from the neck and the shoulders. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you said, especially if they're sitting down typing all day, 
um, you know, sort of look at that and branch out and yeah, look at the body as a whole. Shall we sign off? That's that's been fifty minutes. With... That's time. <laughs> yeah, it's enough time. Enough rambling for today. <laughs> As always, thank you for listening to the Forever Young podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and join our discussion page. We'd love to hear from you guys, so let us know your thoughts on elbow and wrist pain. And don't forget to follow us on our Instagram. And And as always, we're the Forever Young podcast, and you'll hear from us next time. Bye. Bye.